We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Before we get to this amazing stat about Tyreek Hill that, in our opinion, to make him more of an MVP candidate than he is as wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, we got to bring in Shannon Ben, our producer. Now, we mentioned the top of the show about two hours ago. Whether you're here or not, that's okay. As long as you join anytime you want, we know you got things to do. And I kicked off the show by saying, raise your hand if all your teams won this weekend. And poor Harry Dells cannot raise his hand because the Atlanta Falcons didn't win. Poor Cam, one of our other guys behind the scenes, he couldn't raise his hand because his team didn't win. I can raise both of my hands because the Cowboys and Jets both won. Christine Lisi, her Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs as our sports and anchor. And Shannon Penn and Devin Kane, the Giants fans that they are, saw their team have a miraculous win against the Green Bay Packers. Then Harry Douglas, Shannon Penn had the nerve. Two hours after the show, got started talking about the celebration that went on in your household at 6.15 this morning. Yo, special shout-out to my son, Braylon, who's the biggest Giants fan in the house. So, by the way, he, he wakes up really, really early for school, what have you. So, he fell asleep during the game. So, then when he woke up this morning for school, he was watching the highlights. So, at 6.15 this morning, he's like, let's go! Let's go, Giants! My boy, Tommy Collins! Let's go! I'm like, Braylon, it's 6.15 in the morning! He's like, Daddy, the Giants won! <laughs> I love every bit of it. Me too! Can you, that was like the best alarm clock that you've had in a long, long time in that Shannon Penn household. 6.15, your son yelling, Yep, let's go for the Giants because he's glad that they won because he didn't expect that they were going to win. <laughs> that's no, not, that's, what, that's not right, oh, Freddie. Wow. Hey, that's, wow. hey, Freddie. It, it may not be right. That wasn't I, nice. It, it may not be nice. It may not be right. But am I wrong? Am nope. I wrong, Shannon? Come on, to be for real. You know, you know what? Now, now we're talking about the Giants. Let me get this off my chest. We'll get to two in a second. You know what really grinds my gears? What's that? Like, we need, to, ce- to, we need to celebrate. Absolutely. What's going on with the Giants Absolutely. right now. And not utilize this as an opportunity to take shots at Danny Dimes. I am tired. Like, like this is a celebrate and enjoy the ride. I'm tired of everybody using this as a shot at, 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 at Danny Dimes. Ain't that okay. right there? But Danny Dimes, I don't think that's what y'all need to be calling him. Hell, he been the Big Apple turnover. <laughs> Danny Dimes. Is what it, damn, here we go. You just what damn, it, Shannon. What damn dimes he been throwing this year? <laughs> Nathaniel's nothing. That means nothing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's all about Tony Cutlets. Tony Cutlets Tony, it is. Tony. Tommy. Tommy whatever. Tommy. Tommy. Sorry. But, but it's amazing. His, <laughs> his agent, Sean Stilato. I remember covering him when I used to work in the Hudson Valley when he played wide receiver and he was a walk-on in the basketball team for Marist College Poughkeepsie, New York. To see him go from where that was. By the way, he was no scrub at wide receiver. Sean Stilato, the agent for, Tom, for Tommy DeVito. He could play a little bit of Maris. Well, is it bad that I think that him and Tommy DeVito look alike? No, it's not. They, they have that similarity. They have that resemblance. Like, because when it was on the sidelines, before yeah. I knew it was his agent, yeah. I was like, is that his brother? Yeah. But not for nothing. Sean Stilato's fedora game, strong. Yeah. Fedora game. Fedora game is strong. But lose sight of the fact that he looks like a typical sports agent. Fedora game, 
A-plus from All Tommy point. DeVito's agent. There's no doubt about that. So you can weigh in at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776, and adopt the Pepper Carlin line. Who is the most essential non-quarterback to the contenders in the NFL? Because we both believe it's this guy playing wide receiver for Miami named Tyreek Hill. It was a lot of pain, man. It was... It sucked. Like when, it, when it actually happened, you know, um, I, I obviously been dealing with some ankle injuries this whole season. And, you know, when it happened, like my, my first reaction was like, man, my, my ankle got Then my, my adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. And then I sat for a while and got stiff. And I was just going through a lot of man. So then I just made up in my mind. I came in at halftime. I texted my wife. I was like, bro, like, it hurt. Like, Get an ankle massage tonight. She was like, you better get your ass back in that game, dog. I was like, all right. So I just made up my mind that it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. Tomorrow morning, tonight and tomorrow morning. You know, and I just went back in the game on my own. Without anybody saying, reek, go. Like, nah, it was like, this. I got to get out there, you know, and bring some energy and be that spark. You didn't go back in that game on your own. The boss told you you better get your behind back out there when it comes to Mrs. Hill, your wife. I mean, I know Tyreek Hill was trying to say, I didn't wait for approval from the medical staff or the team or the coach. No. Wife, wifey told him. Mama Hill said, uh, mm, you, you, if you don't get back out there, you better not come back home here and, you, and face me. They as need far you. as that goes, they need, they need you. you. You got 2,000 yards you're trying to get. Uh, well, here's something. You mentioned yards. He has been able by himself, Tyreek Hill. He's outgained these four, these five wide receiver groups in the NFL. The Jets, Giants, Falcons, Patriots, Cardinals. By himself, he has outgained those five wide receiver groups in the NFL when it comes to the Jets, Giants, Falcons, Patriots, Cardinals. He has no chance of winning the MVP, but he really should. Based on that stat and how the Dolphins, what they looked like when he wasn't out there compared to when he was out there, and he wound up losing 20-27 to 27 to a now 5-8 and eight team when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I thought this offense was in shambles without Tyreek Hill. Um, the way he motions, the fear that he puts in the opponent, the, the way he's uh, able to get other guys open on that football team, and I'm looking at their team, their, their uh, receivers and tight ends right now, Tyreek Hill has over 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, 97 catches. The next guy, Jalen Waddle, has 63 catches for 822 yards. No one else has over 20, uh, 200 yards or over 23 catches for them. So when he's absent, it's going to look drastically different. So I think Mike McDaniel, the next step now is, the, okay, what plan are we going to have in place mm-hmm. if this happens in the future? Because I thought they were shell-shocked last night, yeah. and Tua didn't look comfortable. The offensive line definitely didn't look comfortable because they were missing guys. But now you're asking, in which Jalen Waddle has to understand, okay, if Tyreek Hill is down, it's not like me being a number one receiver is foreign to me. Absolutely. You was the number one wide receiver before Tyreek Hill got there. So now your mind drastically has to shift and say, okay, I got to do what Tyreek Hill was doing, or I have to do what I was doing before Tyreek Hill got here. You got to take on that onus as, as the next wide receiver up. It seems that other than the Jets game on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, Anytime the Miami Dolphins have played a game of national significance, they have not won it. When they played the Bills early in the year, they lost by 28 points. When they played the Eagles later on in the year, they lost by 14 points. When they played the Chiefs overseas in Frankfurt, Germany, they lost the game 21-14. This was the first home game 
on Monday night for the Miami Dolphins in a long, long, long time. You know how important this game was? Even Dan Marino showed up on the sidelines to see this because plenty of people thought, and I'll raise my hand, a 13.5-point favorite, the Tennessee Titans have no chance winning this game. And when it was less than four minutes to play, the Tennessee Titans had no chance winning this game, being now 27-13. to 13. It seems that anytime that spotlight has been that white hot, the Dolphins have faded from the picture. And that is something, whether it's a Tyreek Hill situation, no matter what he's going to look like or not going to look like, that's a bigger problem to me than Tyreek Hill and what he's going to look like going forward. Because I know the Jets secondary, they can cover. That's who they play next. I know that Cowboys secondary, they can cover. They play that team after the Jets on December 24th on Christmas Eve. They play at the Baltimore Ravens. I know their secondary can cover and they can get after the quarterback. And then at the Buffalo Bills, they host that game in the final game in the regular season. And that secondary is playing a lot better dealing with those kind of injuries. If they're not able to figure that out, not just with Tyree Kill, but not shrieking, not, not shirking their responsibilities when the moment gets white hot, then that's a bigger issue to me than Tyree Kill for the Miami Dolphins. And, and I would say this also, you got to learn to play mistake-free football. They made so many mistakes last night on Monday Night Football. The fumble at the two-yard line going in to score by Tua Tungvaloa. There are multiple times where he was slipping in the pocket, falling down, mm-hmm. giving sacks yeah. to the Tennessee Titans. You, they got a field goal blocked. Third downs weren't good. They weren't good in the red zone. And then you capped it off. You had an opportunity on third and 10 that you forced for the Tennessee Titans Mm -hmm. where you stopped Will Levis. He only gained five yards. Bradley Chubb is upset because he didn't get the sack and slams his helmet on the ground. Now that gives Tennessee a first down. They go on to score a touchdown. By the, uh, you can't have those things happen. Then you go up 14 points with four minutes left to go in the game. You've got to win that. Yeah, you got to find a way to get that first down or keep that team with a rookie quarterback that was a backup quarterback. At one point, he was third string on this team when it came to Will Levis behind Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. You allowed a rookie quarterback that is still wet behind the ears and go out there and do that to your defense on back-to-back drives and get a touchdown and a two-point conversion on back-to-back drives in less than four minutes. You allow Will Levis to go nine for 12 for a buck 34 and one touchdown Mm. in the final less than five minutes of that game. Teams that win championships or championship contenders, they don't allow those things to happen, like what happened to Miami last night in that one. And here's a common denominator in a lot of the losses that the Miami Dolphins have this season. When you get to two of them, when you can pressure him, and make him yeah. uncomfortable, your chances of winning are, are, are sky high. He got pressured 18 times last night. That's seven more than any game he's played this year. And the Tennessee Titans had five sacks. Yeah, it's amazing how that's the one quarterback in the league that when you throw him off schedule, you really throw him off schedule. Well, because it's not like he's a Lamar Jackson and he has – not saying that Tua's not athletic. Right. But – He's not like he's, that. If he's not, you know – throwing precise passes, throwing with anticipation, and that ball placement, what else do you have from Tua? Mm-hmm. That's fair. That can separate him from a lot of other people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, completely, because the running game's not in concert with him. Can he win a game without that running game? But we're going to find out if he can actually win a game with Tyreek Hill if he doesn't get any healthier. Because you know this, Harry, playing the NFL for 10 years. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. When you get injured, you don't automatically get healthier as the season rolls along. No matter how gifted you are when it comes to Tyreek Hill and what he means to that offense and what he has meant to that offense. Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We, meaning Harry and I, we both believe Tyree kills the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL. 
Do you agree? And if you disagree, who is it and why? Let us know right now on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. Blue in St. Louis, who's the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why? My boys, what's the word, man? What's been going on? It's I'm so glad to be talking to y'all. I love y'all show, bro. Y'all get me through that late part of the day. Harry, you hilarious. Freddie, bro, I, you just keep bringing the knowledge, so I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all keep doing what y'all we, doing. We appreciate you so, for the kind you. words. Thank you, my man. Yes, sir, always. So if I had to give it to anybody, of course, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. I got to agree with y'all 100%. You really can't say anybody else, you know, who's playing at his level and bringing what he brings to a team just to put him over that, you know, that ceiling. Um, If I had to say anybody else besides Tyreek Hill, because I'm quite sure that will be the dominant answer, I would have to. And it might be the homer in me, Kansas City, right right across Missouri from us. So I'm a Kansas City fan. I would have to say – uh, Travis Kelsey, man, because he's the only one in Kansas City right now catching the ball. Don't get me wrong, he has his times, you know, where an opportune fumble or whatever, but for the most part, I think our record would be, I know, our record would be a lot worse without Travis Kelsey, man. I appreciate y'all taking my call. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is definitely call. a good one. Yeah, and, and just look one. at the the instincts of Travis Kelsey to have the, mm-hmm. the mindset to throw that football laterally back to Kadarius Toney before it was called back because... I can't believe he did that. <laughs> Seriously. They had the wherewithal to know I got three guys around me and have the ability to look up and say, oh, that's Kadarius Tony. I know I get the ball to him 15 yards away, and he didn't drop it. I know. <laughs> you mentioned this on Monday. Can you imagine... Surprise, Kader- surprise. <laughs> Can you imagine Kadarius Tony drop that football? <laughs> it would have it been a fumble, too. Exactly, because he threw low, it backwards low. to him. The fact that he had enough ability and enough creativity to say, I got guys around me. Oh, he's more wide open. If I get the ball over there, even if he fumbles it, he'll be able to pick it up and run the end zone for a touchdown. Well, it kind of reminded me of, of a college player, Caleb Williams, who's going to be entering the draft, we believe, right, when it was fourth and one when he was at Oklahoma and mm-hmm. the running back got stopped. Mm-hmm. And he instinct, instinctively yeah. took the football from him and went and ran and picked up the first down. Against Bro, Texas, you, that, right? Some Against things – no, that, that was, it was Kansas. Okay. They was about to lose to Kansas. Okay. But you, you can't coach things like that. No, you can't. Either a player has it or they don't. Sometimes you don't want to coach things like that. No. You don't want to give them that kind of power to say, hey, anytime (laughs) this happens, have at it. Feel free. Only certain people can think of doing that that you can trust in that moment when the moment calls for that. Eric in North Carolina, who's the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Go ahead, Eric. Eric. 
We're going to have to move on from Eric. Man, oh, there he is. Oh, I think his, his three fault. weeks ago, yeah, uh, Trey Williams for the 49ers, man. They look a complete hot garbage without him. And ask Brock Purdy if he's the most essential player, uh, non-quarterback. I mean, the 49ers are rolling. And without Trent Williams, they look like an ordinary team. Isn't it funny how, mm-hmm. like, when we talk about the 49ers, you mm-hmm. can mention multiple guys mm-hmm. as being that mm-hmm. essential player? And not, and not be wrong. Seriously. I, that's, that's insane. Yeah, you can mention Trent Williams. You can mention Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw. You can mention Nick Bosa. Now you can mention Chase Young a little bit. Look what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. You can also mention uh, anybody in the secondary, even though they've lost a couple of guys back there. You can mention Kittle. You can mention George Kittle. You can mention Chris McCaffrey, Brendan Ayuk. He mentioned Trent Williams because the minute Trent Williams got out there, Brock Purdy's backside <laughs> doesn't have to be worried about it anymore. That's right. Because he is protecting as a future Hall of Famer at that left tackle position because that's why they are the most balanced team in the National Football League. Damn, that sounds like a real good team to play quarterback for. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, you can't, up, you can't, that sounds you can't, great. You also shut can't up, help Kevin. that every other 31 team's <laughs> passed on them either. So, yes, your Giants had an opportunity to pick them Seven over times. Daniel Jones. They chose Daniel Jones and whoa, look whoa, at the whoa, results. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just, I'm just stating the obvious. Yeah. I don't know, why are you texting so, me like so that? So am I. So am I. So am I. That's the obvious that you keep stating that. It's not stating the obvious. Both are not true. Sounds like a great situation. If only Daniel Jones could play like Brock Purdy. (laughs) Right now, they need Daniel Jones to play at Tommy DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even better than Tommy DeVito, baby. We talk about Tommy. Tommy, come on, Tommy. We believe in you, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. You were killing me. (laughs) <laughs> we mentioned non the most valuable player that's a non-essential, meaning a non-quarterback for contenders. We're going to go through a list of contenders in the AFC and the NFC right now, Freddie and Harry, on ESPN Radio, the top one in the AFC, the top one in the NFC. Uh, I'll stand and pen throw out the teams, mm-hmm. our producer, and you're going to give us the top one in the AFC and the top one in the NFC. We're going to list who's the most valuable non-quarterback for these contenders. So, Mr. DeVito, I mean, Mr. Penn, the floor is yours. It won't necessarily be the top, but you'll get the, my drift here. Yeah. All right. Yes. Harry, I'm going to start with you. Baltimore Ravens, who's the most valuable non-quarterback for the Ravens? For me, it's going to be Roquan Smith. And he's playing at a very, very high level right now. I believe he's top five in tackles in the National Football League. But the Baltimore Ravens have this brand of, of, of player that they love to acquire, whether it's draft or free agency or, mm-hmm. or free agent-wise. And when they were able to trade for Roquan Smith, it worked out well for this football team and still is. For me, it's A. Flowers, that rookie, rookie wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, he's become their number one guy. 64 catches, 673 yards, three touchdowns. He keeps getting better and better each and every week. And all of a sudden, you know you're the guy that you lose a Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson said, oh, I can go to him because I know he'll make a big play. To me, that's the most valuable non-quarterback for that team, the Baltimore Ravens, is their rookie wide receiver, Zay Flowers, at that position. All right, Freddie, who's the most valuable non-quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I know mine. Okay. You want to go first then? Have yeah, I'm going to go Jason Kelsey. Okay. They can't, they can't afford to lose someone like Jason Kelsey. There's okay. a reason why they were kind of like, you know, begging him to come back a little bit. Right. They gave yeah. him a little space. Sure. But the way he orchestrates things at the center position, getting, getting them into the right calls, okay. making sure that interior of the offensive line is solidified. We witness on national TV how he's pulling and creating those avenues and run lanes mm-hmm. uh, for guys carrying the football. So I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard, who just got back there, the tight end, because if you're you're going to worry about people taking away A.J. Brown 
and Devontae Smith at the Cowboys at times able to do. You need somebody else that can threaten the middle of the defense, and having him back is going to help, not just in terms of catching the football at the tight end position, but he's an underrated blocker with that offensive line. Now, Jason Kelsey and offensive line won't have to do as much as they had to do. Now that Dallas got it as they're helping out the passing game and helping out the running game. All right, Freddie, I'll start with you on this one. Who's mm-hmm. the most valuable non-quarterback for your Dallas Cowboys? Oh, it's Micah Parsons, and it's not even close. A close second would be Tyler Biotis, the center. He's played magnificent this whole year for the Dallas Cowboys. But Micah Parson, that's their guy. That's their energy guy. This used to be his team. Now it's him and Dak Prescott's team because of the way Dak Prescott has played and the calmness he's brought to the quarterback position by being that productive. But Micah Parsons, he doesn't have to be right. But when he's there, everybody feels better. He's the most essential non-quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys. For me, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. A guy that's oh, you know, that. third in the National that. Football League right that's now in, re- in receiving. That's but the way he's been able to get open and not be guardable this season, not I only this that. season, but last season as well, and we know the big playability of C.D. Lamb. You put the ball in his hands, he's going to do dynamic things with it. I love that. Good call. All right, we're going to stay in the NFC, Harry. Who's the most valuable non-quarterback for the Detroit Lions? Aiden Hutchinson. Because of the lack of pass rush that they actually have, Aiden Hutchinson has to be on this football field to give this defense a chance to rush the quarterback. It's their coach, Dan Campbell. He's got to be Mr. Irritable. <laughs> he even talked about it <laughs> after they lost to the Chicago Bears on Sunday. He goes, if I have to be more irritable to get this team right, oh, I can do that. That's what they need right now because that team is just floating along. They don't have whatever solutions that they got to find to their problems, either from the other teams or self-inflicted problems. Dan Campbell and his staff have got to be Mr. Irritable. They can't be Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky anymore. He said, I can be real irritable. He better start that sooner than later for that football team. All right, Freddie, who's the most valuable non-quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, it's Travis Etienne Jr., the running back. It has to be because he's so good in the running game, the passing game, and also blocking for the quarterback. And he's dealing with a little bumps and bruises here and there as well. If he is a little bit less than what we've seen, and everybody is by this point of the year, but if that less is a lot less for Travis Etienne Jr. running back, then all of a sudden that puts even more pressure on Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, is injured as well with that knee injury for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go with somebody who two weeks ago I had on that boy bad, Josh Allen rushing the quarterback. He's tied for third in uh, in the league right now with sacks, sacks with 13 and a half. He gets that defense going. He's that dude. Watch out because that boy bad. Yes, no doubt about that. All right, well, I'm glad you mentioned Josh Allen, Harry. Who's the most valuable non-quarterback for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, for me, it's Stephon Diggs. And it's because what Stephon Diggs is able to open up for everyone else. We know this guy can win one-on-one. Look at the ascension of Josh Allen when he didn't, uh, when he finally did get mm-hmm. a Stephon Diggs when they traded for him, brought him over from Minnesota. So I think Stephon Diggs is really, really key for this football team. That's good. I think mine's is just as good. Running back James Cook. Ooh. Averaging over 4.8 yards a carry and also has 44, 38 catches, excuse me, with 391 yards and three touchdowns. They find have, more, have found more creative ways to get him the football in the passing game. Now, all of a sudden, the running game opens up. He can run in between the tackles. He can bounce it outside. If they continue to feed that cook, let that cook cook, that ha- helps everybody, not just your quarterback, not just your wide receivers, and not just your defense in Buffalo. I think we got to give an honorable mention for Buffalo mm-hmm. and go with Joe Brady because of That's some of the things one. you just said. I like that. That's a good one because ever since he got there, yep. they, look, they look a lot more snuggly. 
when it comes to the offense and looking better for the Buffalo Bills. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Keep up with those calls. Who's your most essential non-quarterback in the National Football League? Let us know the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. And wait until I tell you the NFL team that will be the next team for the coaching acumen of Jim Harbaugh. That comes your way next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. We are Freddie and Harry on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Five minutes away. Give or take a minute or two. Finding out what you have to say about who is the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL. We'll listen to what you have to say in the Dr. Pepper call in the line in about five minutes. Give it take a minute or two at triple eight say ESPN eighty eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Now the Chargers won't have Justin Herbert around for the rest of the season. Their quarterback having season-ending finger surgery, ending a consecutive start streak that started when he was a rookie at sixty-two. He fractured his right index finger in the loss Sunday to the Denver Broncos. By the way, this team is five and eight with four games left and Easton. Yes, that one from North Dakota State is now going to step in and play quarterback. He won't be the only guy out after this season is over. Brandon still, I don't think he's going to be able to hold on to his job. If that's going to be the case, my man Harry Douglas, that has all the makings of Jim Harbaugh being the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. No, I, I agree, too. You have the quarterback in Justin Herbert, who is the prototypical-type quarterback. Um, unfortunate, right, within his first four years in the National Football League, only had one year when he was able to make the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, haven't really gotten the best out of his skill set, I would say, especially Brandon Staley. Right. But moving forward, I think a guy like Jim Harbaugh, I got two guys. I'm going to start okay. with Jim Harbaugh. All right. And what you do have on this football team from a defensive perspective and also offensively, and if you bring the right guys in there to coach those guys up and play towards their strengths, I think they'd be okay. The second guy I have is is Eric Bieniemy, And the reason why I say okay. that is because you're in the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs. So what would it be to be able to have a guy that understands everything that that organization does and how they do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm listening. Plus, I'm the like off- plus the offensive system, I think it'll pay dividends for a guy like Justin Herbert and company. But either one, uh, Jim Harbaugh probably, will probably be the number one guy. And then after that, it'll be Eric Bieniemy. Because it's been very interesting because anytime there's been any kind of turbulence, regarding Brandon Staley. The Chargers have been effusive in saying, that's still our guy, we still believe in him. Haven't heard a peep out of that organization when that question has been raised a lot more. Not wishing anybody lose their job because I don't want karma coming back at me. 100%. <laughs> I don't want anything like that. Karma is undefeated. They have never lost any kind of battle on planet Earth since planet Earth was invented and created. So I'm not even about to go there. But there's certain things you look at and you listen to and think, hmm, Boy, that's interesting. Not a lot of conversation there. Oh, not a lot of defense there. It seems that the more and more that the charges have spiraled and spiraled downhill, 
the less we heard about any kind of support, whether it's Tom Telesco, the general manager, or the people that own the Los Angeles Chargers, about the future of Brandon Staley being their head coach. And plus, you got a guy out there like Jim Harbaugh. People can say whatever they want about the sign-stealing scandal of Michigan. NFL teams don't care about that. He's a winner. He's As long as you're not a winner. He's a complete winner. He's won at Stanford. He's won with the 49ers. And he made Michigan finally matter to the point that they that Ohio State fans are wondering, maybe we don't have the right coach anymore, Ryan Day, being the coach of Ohio State because they lost three straight times to Michigan. Guys like that are very seductive. They're very wonderful narcotic for any ownership that wants to win, and they know that he's been a proven winner in the National Football League, no matter what you think about Mr. Khaki himself and Jim Harbaugh, still a coach of Michigan. Yeah, and I'll say this about Brandon Staley. I think one of the things that's going to stand out with him as the head coach of this football team this year is when he was asked in a press conference about the play call duties and, mm-hmm. and, and because he does call the defensive plays, mm-hmm. and he got offended by that, mm-hmm. which bothered me because if you're calling the defensive plays and the defense, uh, were, they were your Achilles heel this entire season, why would you get offended by that? Like said, that's, a, that's a normal question that someone's asking you. So at that moment, that's when I said, okay, Brandon Staley probably is starting to understand that this could be the last year for him if you feel like you have to get defensive in that moment because it's just a normal question from a reporter. If you're calling the defensive plays, things have been horrible, Mm -hmm. and she asks you, do you think about, you know, giving up those duties? There's no reason to to get offended by that. It's it's a great point you raised in terms of you're the defensive guy and you know things have not worked out well. And for the first time we hear Brandon Staley get like that get sour like that at a reporter asking a very realistic question and a reasonable question. Hey, yep. you're, you're calling the offensive signals. This had not worked out for you. Uh, what's, go- what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? You know, <laughs> at that point, he didn't want to answer what was going on because he knew what that answer is, and everybody has seen it. And so far, has not lined up properly for Brandon Staley, maybe no longer being the coach once the season is over with the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'll say this. If, if you're the ownership of the Los Angeles Chargers – you get a close-up look at the Michigan Wolverines. They're about to play in the college football playoffs on January 1st in the Rose Bowl. Go holler at Jim. Mm-hmm. Go holler at Jim while you got the chance, while he's out there for the entire week. Yeah, call him maybe if you're the Los yeah. Angeles Chargers and Jim Harbaugh. Go holler at him. Why not? Because I'm sure Go to Mastro's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you are. Are you speaking from experience? Go to Barton G. You know, go to all them nice little places are out there. Are you speaking from experience? Oh, yes, I am. I just want to make sure that we understand each other here on Freddie and Harry. When I say the boy got his own money, the boy got his own money. <laughs> you really did it this time, Lisa. <laughs> boy, you came through. That's coming to America. By the way. Why does she always get the good ones? I can tell you right now, we could do this all night between me, you, Shannon, and Devin. Facts. Like I mentioned, coming to America references. We could do this all night, but we're not going to do that to everybody here at Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. What we are going to do is hear from you. Join the conversation right now. i got a lot of great phone calls on the Dr. Pepper calling line at 888-729-3776. We believe that Tyreek Hill, wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins, is the most essential non-quarterback in the National Football League. He has outgained five different receiver groups in the NFL. The Patriots, the Falcons, the Jets, the Giants, and the Cardinals. Why are you looking at me like that for? Because you keep emphasizing it. I don't emphasize the Falcons. I emphasize all five of those. <laughs> your, your team just had to – they're in the emphasis box when it comes to Tyree Killers. I've been able to outdo those five wide receiver groups. Who is the most non, who's the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL? Who that is and why? Let us know right now at 888-729-3776. Sebastian in the great state of Alaska. Sebastian, who you got? Hey, it's good to talk to you guys again. Absolutely. I think you named every 49er besides – Debo Samuel. All right, with him, the first five games, 
they won. He gets hurt game six against the Browns, loss. They lose the next two against the Vikings and Bengals. He comes back after the bye. They win the next five. They are 10-0 with Debo, 0-3 without him. You can't get more valuable than that. Sebastian, one question. What part of Alaska do you live in, buddy? I live in Delta Junction, Alaska. It's about a, two feet of snow and five degrees outside right now. I, I go oh. to Sitka, Alaska every year in June for about seven or eight days, so I love it out there. How, how far are you from Sitka? I am like 900 miles north of there, man. I'm like, if you picture Alaska, I am like right smack in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Wow. People forget how massive Alaska is. Seriously. People don't have any idea how. People say, oh, what's, the, what's the biggest state in the union? Automatically say, like, Texas, California. Uh, Alaska's the biggest state in the union. It's, and it's big, not close. It's, it's big, Freddie? It's the biggest state in the union. Nice try. You're not doing that to me. Pause. It's funny you mentioned a buddy of mine who I used to work with here, John Seibel. He worked in Alaska, and Sitka's where they have the Iditarod. And he would cover the Iditarod that whole time dude, when he worked in dude, Alaska. I, when I mean, like, it's it's one of my favorite trips mm-hmm. that I take every year because, yeah. man, you get to, you know, compartmentalize. You get to get away from everything. Uh-huh. You go out on that water. Your phone don't work. Right. So, but you go out on the boat, man. We go out on the boat like like 5 a.m. Uh-huh. You don't come back to like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. That's a day's work right there. Oh, probably. yes. And I'm on the boat throwing up every time. <laughs> sick as hell. You're, I throw up every time. You're sick and sick, huh? Man, my, man, my buddy, I talked to him the other day. He was like, man, we got to figure out a way t- for you to not to be sick. And I, I, think, I think it's just me, man. Yeah, one word. It's just me. Dramamine. No, that that's that that doesn't, doesn't work. work? Not at that all? makes me more sick. Oh, Lord, have it makes mercy. me drowsy and feel I feel weird. Wow. By the way, Jay Reynolds, who does sports all night as the anchor, he and his wife Diane, they took an Alaskan cruise for their honeymoon, and the pictures were fantastic. Spectacular, no doubt about that. I don't think they need to drown me like a certain guy who can't stand that when it comes to you. (laughs) That's another story. Bob in Arkansas, who is the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why, my friend? Well, I know you like Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb. I think the kicker for the Cowboys is the most valuable. He hasn't missed a field goal, and he's in the top in the league in scoring right now. He's 8 for 8 at 50-plus yards. He was 2 for 2 from 59-plus. Yes, he was. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't play college football. Played, played soccer at Notre Dame when it comes to Arbery. And he, he's missed more extra points than field goals, which is, un, which is absurd, to be completely honest with you. But well, that's, Brand- a, that's a nice weapon to have, though, especially Absolutely. like when you, you get into the playoffs and if you're able to get mm-hmm. home field advantage. Because I'm pretty sure if they were outdoors – they probably wouldn't allowed him to kick the sixty yard field goal. The fact that the the climate was controlled, mm-hmm. that's a luxury to have when you get to playoff time if you're able to get home field advantage and play in the uh play at home dur- throughout the playoffs. Yeah, he's been an unbelievable weapon. Brandon Aubrey, the rookie kicker, was in the USFL for two years. Cowboys took a flyer on him. By the way, he's a financial planner, Brandon Aubrey. Well, we know he he's doing the right stuff with his money. <laughs> yes, exactly. But they don't let him kick as much because he does such a great job that they didn't want to wear out his leg because he kicked a lot in the USFL. And he's kicked a lot so far, the Dallas Cowboys. So they kind of rest him throughout the week to make sure that that leg is going to be right and ready when Sunday rolls around, what Brandon Aubrey's been able to do for the Dallas Cowboys. Keep weighing in. The most essential non-quarterback in the NFL. Harry and I believe it is Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins. We can't wait to continue to hear from you on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We know we're going to get real phone calls for you. But how real or fake is the playoff race in the NFC when it comes to the wild card? We'll let you know who we believe is real and who's not. Keep it here on Freddie and Harry. And this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together. And Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius X and Channel 80. And I always tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You never have to worry about us keeping it real, no matter how fake some things or some teams turn out to be. Is it real? They're real. And they're spectacular. Or is it fake? Fake is gonna fake. This is Real versus Fake. And we bring in Braylon and Shannon's daddy, a.k.a. Shannon Penn. He's going to give us the teams. We'll let you know when it comes to the NFC wildcard race, who we believe is on the for real or on the for fake when it comes to real or fake NFC wildcard race. Shannon Penn, the Absol- floor is yours. Absolutely. I'm going to give you a team. you got to tell me if the chance is making the playoffs, real or fake. So the first team we're going to start with, the first place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6-7. <laughs> and seven. The Bucs remain in schedule at the Packers, home against the Jags, home against the Saints, at the Panthers. Harry, real or fake, I can't wait Buccaneers' chances of making the playoffs. I can't wait to man, hear Man, what this. I mean, y'all are so petty. Y'all are so petty, man. <laughs> but, but I'm going I'm to I'm go fake, and it's because who they have to play. You got the Green Bay Packers. And I think they're going to play better than what we just seen them play last night. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to beat them. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in a dogfight with the Saints. The Saints want that get back because yeah. they kind of beat them convincingly the first time around. And I do believe they'll beat the, uh, the Panthers. But I think whoever wins the NFC South, that's the only team that's going to come out of that division. And it won't be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the words of the great Flavor Flav from Public Enemy, can't trust it. Ooh, 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 can't trust the Bucks. Ooh, 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 can't trust the Bucks for everything you just said. They're too up and down for me. They'll win and look and try to fool you, then they'll lose it. That's the team I thought I was going to see. I'm with you. I can't trust the Bucks. Mm-mm. I'm with you. They're fake making the playoffs in the NFC. All right, Freddie. The Minnesota Vikings at six and seven just named Nick Mullins as their starting quarterback. Ooh. The remaining schedule at the Bengals, home mm-hmm. against the Lions, home against the Packers. At the Lions. So they got two games left against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Real or fake, Vikings' chances of making the playoffs. Fake. I, I'm not believing the Minnesota Vikings. Even if they had Joshua Dobbs as a quarterback, Kirk Cousins, we should give him consideration for MVP because when he was playing like he was playing, <laughs> he was out of his mind throwing the football. Can you imagine what they would look like if he was healthy? We might be talking about this team a lot better than we think in terms of division. But changing quarterbacks again, that's a red flag to me. That's a fake. The Vikings making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going fake, Freddie. You had it right. Changing quarterbacks again for the Minnesota Vikings. They also played the the Cincinnati Bengals. They got to go there. Well, Jake Browning is playing well. And those guys around him, uh, Joe Mixon, Chase Brown at the running back position, they stepped up their game. They played the Lions twice and the Packers. It's fake to me. All right, well, I'm glad you mentioned the Packers, Harry. That's the next team up. Packers at 6-7, and seven, remaining schedule, home against the Bucks, At the Panthers, at the Vikings, home against the Bears. Real or fake, Packers' chances of making the playoffs? Surprisingly, I'm going to go real. I think they're going to be able to win three of the last four games and still get into the playoffs. Uh, I still do like this football team, Jordan Love. I know he reverted back last night. Didn't right. look like the Jordan Love within the last three games that he had played. But I, I'm 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 going I'm a I'm a down that hill. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll be with you. You won't be by yourself on that one because people have to remember, the Packers are among the youngest teams in the NFL. They have the youngest offense. Their offense averages in terms of age, twenty five point one years of age. They essentially are still learning on the fly what it's like to be that team that all of a sudden you're going to get people's best shot because they look and say, "Oh man, they're pretty good. They've won three in a row. They beat they beat who? Kansas City? Yeah, they get everybody's attention." I'm with you. I think they will figure it out. 
and not lose three out of their last four. I could see them winning three out of their final four with a schedule like Shannon mentioned involving the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. It would not surprise me if they run the table, go to 10-7, and seven, and have a chance to make the playoffs. I got a reel for the Green Bay Packers. All right, Freddie, next team on the list, the Los Angeles Rams, currently at 6-7. and seven. A lot of 6-7 and seven here with the uh, NFC, to be honest <laughs> with you. Their remaining schedule, home against the Commanders, home against the Saints, at the Giants, at the Niners. Real or, fra- real or fake, Freddie, Rams making the playoffs. That's real. They'll go 3-1. They'll lose to the 49ers in the season if the 49ers don't play anybody. But I can see them beating the Commanders, beating the Saints, and winning in New York, even though they, go, even though they have to go cross-country. So I'll say it's real the Los Angeles Rams they make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go real as well. I think they're able to win three of the last four, beating the next three teams that they play and losing lastly to the 49ers. Uh, This team gave the Baltimore Ravens everything that they can handle. All right, Freddie, next team on the list, the Atlanta Falcons, currently at 6-7, and seven, at the Panthers, home against the Colts, at the Bears, home against the Saints. Atlanta Falcons, real or fake to make the playoffs? Fake. They're not making the playoffs. I mean, the guy hit Augusta Gator hit us on Twitter. Desmond Ritterception. He's going to do it again. All right, so let me ask you Fake this, Freddie. the Falcons. If you said the Bucks aren't going to make it, mm-hmm. you're saying the Saints are going to make I'm it? I'm saying the Saints will make it over your Falcons. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm going to go real. Of course. The Falcons are going to be able to win this division, and then if Dallas happens to have that five seed, mm-hmm. see your ass in Atlanta. Okay. This has all the makings <laughs> of Saints and Falcons. Final game in the regular season. Playing for the division championship and breaking Harry's heart again. I can't stand y'all. The case for the MVP involving <laughs> Dak or Purdy. Ah, that's next to Freddie Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.